Marvel Cinematic Universe, the biggest pop culture movement since the Beatles, $22.5 billion at the box office, and we found the one guy who doesn't have a clue what we're talking about. And so begins the greatest experiment the podcasting world has ever seen. Will he be able to tell his Mjolnirs from his Meow Meows, and would he love it 3,000? With two fellow MCU nerds to help guide his hand along the way, knowing full well that with great power comes great responsibility, one thing is for certain. We're with him until the end of the line. Welcome to Colin Brain versus the MCU. On your left. Yes, welcome everybody to a brand spanking new MCU podcast designed for your ear holes. But why this MCU podcast? I can hear you all screaming at me. Well, A, this isn't live, so keep your voices down. And B, we will get into that in just a second. Do they not know I've got tinnitus, George? Yes. <laughs> Chronic tinnitus. Podcasters, assemble. Joining me every episode are two of my very best friends. They are the wonders to my vision. I love them just as much as Tony Stark loves himself. So please welcome Robert Trot. Rob, say hello. 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 I don't, I don't and, know we talk like that. I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> and the man of the hour, the man who this very podcast is named after, please welcome Colin Brain. Colin, say hello. That has got to be one of the cringiest intros I've ever heard, but I love it. Hello. Hello. Yeah, all that Tony Stark stuff, mate. No, it's not good. But Designed for your ear holes. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. Good stuff, mate. <laughs> uh, so now, before we get into just how integral Colin is to this podcast, uh, we should maybe give a bit of background to ourselves, because uh, essentially, uh, Rob... You have never met Colin before, but I know both of you. So, Rob, how do we know each other? We studied... How long ago now? Because I always forget how long ago. Uh, I was uh, 18 to 21. I was at uni. I'm 32 now. (laughs) Yeah, a long while ago. Yeah, over a decade. Uh, We Mm -hmm. studied at uni together and we made films and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and we carried on making films and stuff. We kept in touch. Yeah. That's about it, really. That is it. That is it. In a nutshell. <laughs> Colin, how do we know each other? Damn, I'm going back a bit, mate. Um, well, we grew up in the same hometown. Uh, your dad used to be the manager of a football team that I played for back in. <laughs> yes, he did, actually. Forgot, <laughs> Which yeah. is awful, because I hated every minute of being in that football team. But anyway, <laughs> we'll save that for another time. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then, what was it? You were buddies with another friend of ours, Dan. And mm-hmm. um, you were in a band, and... We kind of all bonded over listening to the same, like, Grebo music back then. Very heavy metal music, yes. Yeah, you were a drummer, I was a drummer, you know. And you you actually got me into a lot of of film and TV back then. And yeah, damn, we've lived together in London, shared a room. You you were on the top bunk. No, I was on the top bunk, you were on the bottom bunk. Yeah, man. We moved to London too poor... Yeah, young yeah. men and shared a room and we even got bunk beds and i had to, i had to put up with your snoring for oh my god dude and your stinky ass feet as well that was awful but anyway yeah yeah man yeah. it's been it's been a yeah it's been a great great road and now look at us we're doing a podcast now together. look at us so, we've yeah, got a man. podcast i know i'm, I'm excited I don't think you could be in your sort of early 30s without having a podcast now i think it's yeah no I think, especially through the pandemic man everyone's just like <laughs> we're bored let's make a podcast we're gonna but, do our own version of imagine next week i think aren't we <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, <God. laughs> 
to get to that stage of the pandemic. Oh, Christ. Oh, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Colin, I don't know if I've even told you the story as to how I had, like, the, the light bulb moment in uh, coming up with this podcast idea. So, bear with me. Mm. Uh, about a year and a half ago, this was way before, um, for anyone who doesn't know, me and Rob, we have another podcast called uh, Pilot Season. Uh, so, even way before Pilot Season started, uh, you and me were having a catch-up in a pub somewhere wow that was a while ago it was a while ago (laughs) uh so i mean before i get into the story i mean it's safe to say that your knowledge on the mcu is verging on almost non-existent right yeah yeah i mean i i can just spend a couple minutes just kind of like you know briefly summing up my well just just my experience with it really i mean Mm -hmm. way, way back in the day when when they all started popping up and I mean, I still, I'm still unsure of what even classes as an MCU movie. So half the things I'm about to say, you're all going to be laughing your asses off. But I mean, <laughs> you know, it was like when X Men started coming out. You had the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, which I actually liked the first couple. The third one, mm-hmm. I don't remember liking that much. But again, it was a while ago. Um, and it just got to a point with those where, I, yeah, and it, actually, it was the Batman movies that, and I know they're not anything MCU. MCU, I do know that much. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Um, but I just remember being in the cinema when the third one came out and um, Bane and all that crap was in it. And, dude, I was just sat there. It was a packed cinema in London. Like, it was fully sold out, I think. And I just remember getting halfway through that movie and just looking around and everyone in there was, like, absolutely buzzing. And I just looked at Stacey, my girlfriend, and I just went, this this is just shit, you know? Like, I was like... I just, it just got to the point where I had had enough of Christian Bale's gruff-ass voice where you couldn't even understand a word he was saying... <laughs> And I was just like, yeah, exactly. And and I was just there and I was like, I feel like this is just almost a case of mass hysteria. Like there's just so much hype behind this stuff. Um, and then I think... People wanted that one, that one in particular to be amazing because there was so much love for the second one that people oh, yeah. wanted to go, it's, it's great, right? Because I come out of the fourth Indiana Jones film convinced that was brilliant. And I think it was just because I wanted it to be. Mm. And then I remember, yeah, that this was back in the days when I guess I still used to post things on Facebook, which is a long, long time ago now. But I remember posting a status saying, like, yeah, I've seen it and it was terrible. And, like, the amount of people on it that were just like, oh, well, you're wrong. Everyone likes it. And I was just like, this is just crap, you know. So I basically, I was just, I, I had enough of that. And then and then I, I moved away to Malaysia and there wasn't really much of a, like, a sort of film scene over there. So... There was a big stretch of time, good two and a half years or so, where I didn't really keep up with any film. And then when I moved back from there, it was just so full on with, you know, <clears throat> career goals and figuring out where the hell I'm moving and all that stuff. Film in general and cinema has just kind of fallen by the wayside for me. And and every time I've seen you, and you're not the only one, man, I, I understand that there's obviously something about these films that everyone loves. Um, but I just haven't had the time, man. Like, it's, you know, I feel like I'm too far gone now. I feel like... I, I needed you to create a podcast around this for me to ever watch them. Because I can guarantee you, man, there is not a chance in hell I would have sat down and watched Iron Man yesterday unless it was for the fact we were doing a friggin' podcast about it. So, like, part of me is excited because I feel like I'm, I am sort of missing out a little bit. There's that, what, FOMO or whatever uh, kids are calling it these days. But, um, but at the same time, there is a part of me, the sort of more miserable part is, like, it's just some 
corporate machine now that's just churning out stuff because they sell merchandise around it and you know they'll make mm-hmm. a they'll make a movie over the friggin the illustrator of a comic book eventually because they just need content to put out there and again i say that from a very naive point because i have nothing to back it up on so mm-hmm. i would say that like i'm not going into this as a hater as such i'm not mm-hmm. going into it just to chat shit about marvel films which i'm sure a lot of people could do because I, I just don't care about them I just don't care. That's simple as that. I just, I've, I haven't seen them. I'm not bothered about it. You, you wait till all... you get to phase three with John Romita Jr., the movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so that's basically, well, actually, it was meant to be short, but it's banged on a bit. But that was sort of summing up. Yeah, that was it, man. No, that's perfect. Uh, so, yeah, back to the story in the pub. So, as oh, yeah, said... shit, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Christ, how long we got, boys? Have we got enough. Oh, enough Jesus. Uh, space on the hard drive for all this yeah Yeah. uh, so as i said uh, and as colin just said uh, he doesn't really do social media Uh, he barely watches films as it is now so i remember you and me were in this pub and you asked a question and now there's it was purely out of and there's no other word to put it it was purely out of kindness because i know you could have given less of a shit but (laughs) you knew i was a bit of a nerd so you asked you seen any of those uh, those new Marvel films recently? <laughs> and, um, I responded saying, "Yeah, we've just had a couple of like big Avengers movies, and uh, we're just waiting on the new Spider-Man movie to come out now." To which you replied, "Andrew Garfield is still making that shit." Okay, and then like, Bing! That was my my light bulb moment. So you had no idea there was a new Spider-Man, let alone any of you, let alone seeing any of the new films he'd he's been in. Yeah, man, I've had my blinders on. I've just had my blinders on to it, to be yeah. honest with you. No, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's created a perfect um, yeah. podcast <laughs> um, idea, really, because then the cogs started to turn. So then after recording an episode of uh, Pilot Season with Rob a few months back, uh, I told him that story, and I just said that mm. we, we had to do a podcast with you. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is an MCU recap podcast, but with a twist. We are watching it with someone who knows nothing about the films, the characters, the events of any MCU films. And he's just proven that point by listing MCU films and not one was in the MCU. (laughs) There you go, mate. There you go. So just before we jump in again, and I'll introduce you guys to Rob a little bit more, uh, I will add a little bit of a disclaimer that I know Colin has in fact come across the MCU in the past, albeit either like unintentionally or out of circumstance. So correct me if I'm wrong, Colin, mm. but you think you saw Guardians of the Galaxy on a plane. Yeah, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 1 on a plane. I uh, haven't right. seen the second one. I have seen Iron Man before, but I mean, I didn't realise, man, this shit came out in 2008. Yes, mm-hmm. that is yeah. mad. I think I saw that one at the cinema. But I mean, I, I, I have seen, I saw the Iron Man movies, uh, at least the first two. But dude, I can't remember. I mean, I watched it yesterday and it was like watching it for the first time again. Mm. I couldn't remember a thing. And again, like, I also remember seeing one that was so bad, but this might not be an MCU movie. It was the Green Hornet. Was it the Green Hornet? No, not yes. That is not MCU. Okay, um, that is even DC. Um, oh, it is. Is it? Right. Yes. Was that so, the Ryan, Ryan Gosling one? Yes. No. Oh, um, no. no. Oh, I'm Ryan. thinking of Green Lantern. I'm think. Am I thinking of Green Lantern? Yeah, there is a Green Hornet film with Green Seth Hornet Rogan. with Seth Rogen, wasn't it? No, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of Green Lantern. Sorry. See, this is this is just proving <laughs> the point even more, really, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah. Is that MCU? No. No. 
Green Lantern isn't. Okay, good. Right. We're in for a ride. There must be some um, hope in this. But I also know that I actually dragged you to see Captain America, the first Avenger, um, to a cinema in London way back in 2011. So you can't even remember that. So I do remember that, actually. I, I, yeah. Is that the first Captain America? It is. Yeah, I, I, I remember going to the cinema, but that was only because you brought it up last week when we were talking about it. It had completely mm. gone from my mind until then. So, yeah, I mean, I, like, as you can tell, I know very little about all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, so we've got maybe the first couple of films that maybe Colin has seen but can't remember, and then we've got some surprises along the way for him to say... Uh, so, Mr. Robert Trot, um, would you consider yourself an MCU fan? I am a massive MCU fan. <laughs> um, these films, they know what they're doing. <laughs> like, they probably got like a poster in one of their offices. Like Holly was saying, like they know what they're doing. They know who they're selling to, and it is like a weird sort of retrofit picture of my face. <laughs> <laughs> my nerdy give me filmic geekery face up on a wall somewhere but yeah 100% for me like Iron Man you said I didn't even see this in the cinema though controversially my um, my dad was a bus driver and he got it off some bloke that used to bring around like dodgy DVDs yes. <laughs> so I watched it like in one of those and, like this is old school dodgy DVD where people used to film it so I had All like right. people walking across the screen <laughs> oh no <laughs> I don't yeah it's not the best way to watch Iron Man but uh, yeah that was my introduction to the MCU so far, so good. Skip the compliments. Let's get on with it. So, as you all at home know, because you press play, we are starting with 2008 Iron Man. So now, I did give Colin and Rob a little pre-warning before we started recording uh, <laughs> that I'd like to give our listeners and Colin a brief background of the film. Uh, maybe to help put things in context uh, for when we do a little deep dive into the film and in, into our general thoughts as well. So, will you let me have the stage, gentlemen? Uh, uh. <laughs> wow. I mean, to go, go for it, mate. Go on. I think you're having the stage, aren't you? Yeah, just <laughs> take it, buddy. It's very kind, thanks. Um, <laughs> so, way back in 2006, when Marvel Entertainment announced they would be releasing Iron Man as a film, it came with uh, quite a bit of confusion. Because this was the company that made Spider-Man, uh, they made X-Men, Fantastic Four, and they had, they had Captain America, all the comics and all the cartoons, the list goes on. So then, why bother making a film about an alcoholic billionaire in a metal suit? Uh, basically, because Iron Man was all they had. Now, did you notice that I said Marvel Entertainment and not Marvel Studios? That's because they weren't in the business of making films. What? I noticed. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Good to know you're Christ. paying attention. Uh, so, for years, uh, Marvel Entertainment had licensed, sold, or rented its massive library of characters to other studios. Uh, they didn't. Som- they sometimes didn't even get the credit of being producers. Sometimes on films like Daredevil and Blade, they were li- simply listed as uh, consultants. So in 2004, they decided they would make their own films as an independent company named Marvel Studios, and a man named Kevin Feige remember that name, Colin, became president of production. And the first film to be greenlit was Iron Man. So in the decade leading up to this, there was various incantations of different Iron Man films, all 
basically in all the larger film studios in the states uh universal tried to give it a go warner brothers uh 20th century fox came the closest they actually went as far as to hire a lead actor and a director uh those being tom cruise playing tony stark and nick cassavetes uh the director of the notebook to sit in the director's chair wow Tom Cruise would have actually gotten an iron suit as well, wouldn't he? It's he would crazy have, like he that. He would have gotten an iron suit and only gone, only said, I'll do it if it actually flies as well. Yeah, he'd yeah. have turned his kneecaps to liquid doing a superhero <laughs> landing or something. <laughs> Mental. So Marvel only got the rights to use Iron Man for this film as luck, really, because after so many failed attempts to get the character on screen, the rights of the character simply just came back to the studio with no cost attached. So in 2006, John Favreau uh, was announced to be directing Iron Man and having the stupidly daunting task of creating the template for what the what would become the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, John Favreau was mainly known as an actor to film fans. So, um, Colin, you know the guy that plays Happy Hogan? He's he's Tony's sort of a assistant and driver. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's John Favreau. Oh, dude, I thought I recognised him, but I, I, yeah. like you said, I recognised him more as an actor. I recognised yeah. I'd seen him. In now something. I know you're you're a fan of the fr- of the TV show Friends. Uh, you might recognise. Oh, him from he Friends. ends up being the UFC guy, doesn't he? Is he He's the, the MMA UFC one? guy. Yeah, He's Monica's yeah. uh, ex boyfriend, who it, uh, is yeah. a little bit like Tony Stark too. He's rich, egocentric, yeah. and yeah, like you said, he's the guy that buys the UFC and then puts himself in a fight only to get <laughs> destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also directed Elf. He did. <laughs> Yes. Now, I've ne- John. I've never yeah. seen that either. You I'm haven't not. seen Elf. No, mate. Well, never seen. There's that our next either. podcast. <laughs> Honestly, that's all this is going to be. By One the episode. Way. You I've guys, seen it. Colin Braid versus Elf. You're going to be referencing movies, and I'm just going to go. I haven't seen that one either. That's we'll just make a be. list. Yeah. <laughs> just call it Colin Brain Versus, and each episode's going to be a different movie at this rate. <laughs> so is uh. Elf part of the MCU? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he's DC. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, John Favreau, he was an easy pick for Marvel uh, because of two things. One, he came cheap. And two, he had two somewhat hits under his belt. Uh, so he directed, as Rob said, 2003's Elf and 2005's Zafura. Oh, I can't never pronounce it. Zafura, a space Zafura. adventure. Yeah. Oh, wasn't that Jumanji in space? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I it, haven't it, seen it, that either. Was, no, I haven't. Even <laughs> I haven't. Right, okay. <laughs> it only did okay. Elf was uh, the, the, definitely the bigger hit. Now, the biggest challenge for John Favreau was convincing the studio as to who should play Tony Stark. So, have you, Colin, have you seen a film called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Yeah, a long time ago, though. It was cool. Yeah, that's a great, great film. Rob, you seen it? Yes. It's so good. Um, Now, Robert Downey Jr. made that film in 2005 with writer and director Shane Black. Colin, remember that name. After seeing his performance (laughs) in in that film, Favreau knew he'd found his Tony Stark. But it came with a lot of resistance. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., in the years previously, had had some very public battles with drink, drugs. Uh, he'd even been in jail um, for, uh, in, in a few years previously. So did Marvel really want to risk their first film on a lead actor that they perceived as troubled? It looked like they were going to pass on Robert Downey Jr. when suddenly the news that they were he was in the running, it got leaked to various different entertainment outlets 
Um, and it was met with widespread approval on the internet, uh, basically then forcing Marvel's hand to complete the hire. And to this day, no one knows who did the leak. It was Johnny Favs, wasn't it? But Johnny Fav, Johnny Favro, <laughs> I, I've just got, done it as well. <laughs> Johnny Favs <laughs> refuses to answer the question. So there you go. So that's Iron Man. Uh, right. We'll go into it more as we discuss the film, I guess. But let's do a brief 30, 60 seconds as to your general thoughts of the film. We'll start with Rob, Iron Man. I think it's, it's what I found really interesting, because I've seen it a lot, but it's been a while since I've watched it, is it reminded me, Colin was mentioning the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, and it feels closer to that than what we had at the time, which was like the Dark Knight and Batman Begins and things. Mm, Dark There's Knight so came many... out the same year as Iron Man, didn't it? Yeah, there's so many bits here that felt like a Sam Raimi film. There's all these sort of like crash zooms and, you know, um, wipes and oh, just the, 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 the techniques and how fun it was and colourful it was mm. felt like closer to those older superhero films. It felt like a good little bridging point between the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man ones and X-Men and that sort of thing and, and something new. Yeah. Colin. Yes, mate. What did you think? This is That's the big question. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of difficult for me to... Because I've got nothing to compare it to at the moment. So this is almost like... This is the first one, you know. So it's hard for me to put it up too high on a pedestal because I don't know it... You know, I'm well, I'm hoping it gets better from here. I'll say that much. Not that I hated the movie at all. Mm. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it was a cool movie, man. I mean, you know, it wasn't... I've got a lot to say about it, but I feel like we should I feel like we should kind of go through it and, and delve in as we go. Cause we'll do a recap now. I don't want to and... just I don't want to just give you my 30 second thoughts now. And then, mm. you know, because there's a there was a few things that I, I definitely picked up on. I wrote I wrote notes throughout it. That, and, I've, you know, I wrote things that I liked and things that I didn't like. Perfect. So let's dive into a recap. So we start, obviously, by meeting Tony Stark, uh, owner of Stark Industries. Uh, He inherited the company from his father, Howard Stark. Now, whilst out in Afghanistan doing a weapons sale with his friend Colonel James Rhodes, or Rhodey, uh, Stark is attacked and kidnapped by a group called the Ten Rings and is told he must build um, the Jericho Missile, uh, which is one of um, Stark Company's weapons so that's a very brief introduction to the first sort of 20 30 minutes of the film Mm. um what do we but in general what do we think of let's say robert downey jr then because like i said there was lots of dispute as to whether he should he was right for the role um what do we think of of rdj i mean i i think the first scene when he's in the um he's in the the sort of army truck and and he's throwing out punchlines and stuff. I absolutely loved that, man. I thought mm. he was hilarious. I think it's got the trifecta of the things you need to make Tony Stark. It's got ACDC, oh. it's got whiskey, and it's got sexism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That opening scene. Yeah. There's a bit that, like, watching it again, where, you know, the... the um, woman officer at the front speaks. He's like, oh, dear God, you're a woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so apparently he's played by Seth MacFarlane in my version (laughs) but you see like this is like I thought that was um that whole thing was well done and and the the comedy value behind it was well done but there was a bit that comes up in maybe 10 minutes or so later which made me shake my head so much and I mean it was like 
I couldn't believe. I mean, I'm, and it might just be a sign of the times because I honestly don't know what would happen if they put a, like a clip like that in a movie these days, just because of you know the Twitter mob might jump on top of it. But oh. it was that moment when they're in the private jet and um, they're pissed up <laughs> that they're, they're they're wasted. And literally, like, the next, like, second, suddenly a pole <laughs> pops up through the floor yeah. and all of the air hostesses are strippers now. Yeah, they, and, all and the air hostesses as soon as that happened, suddenly their uniforms half off <laughs> as, and they're dancing as, around I the just pole. felt like uh, that, that was one of the things that I wrote down as being, like, to me, it just felt like, I get it, you know, they want to show him as being this, like... Mm. Mo- this billionaire who who is a womanizer and this that and the other so yeah. then you can see the juxtaposition so when he goes through the shit in the cave mm-hmm. and then he comes back out and he's like a changed man and stuff but to me it just felt like it was a bit it was a bit of an easy thing and it almost felt like i was expecting to see um sean william scott to come busting out the cockpit with a beer <laughs> with a fucking beer bomb saying like shouting milf over and over again yeah, or something, you it know? was like pretty austin powers wasn't yeah it? yeah and, and 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 i just found like it really took me away from the moment it just felt like yeah. it felt like they're in the writer's room they had gone right um do you want to get your 14 year old son in here for a minute and see what he thinks we should put yeah. in? yeah and like you know that would be one of the things that um was a little bit like jesus christ man that was just yeah it was so it was just so out of the blue it just made me like what the hell <laughs> yeah, is going on definitely the type of scene we don't really see in the mcu again i think i'm not surprised um, yeah so i've got it sort of noted as like the film at the first half anyway is almost like a heightened bond so i think mm. rob put it perfectly as well when it, you know you mentioned sort of austin powers yeah, which was yeah. very heightened bond anyway yeah there's that there's that moment where um in the flashback at the in the in the beginning where he um he's in bed with the um the journalist oh christ and the yeah. music and it, in the background was like ding 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 it was like it was bond mm. And also, man, the cheesiest chat-up lines that got her into bed as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Christ. Yeah, but I guess that's that's what they were trying to show, isn't it? Is that he's this, yeah, and he's it, got so much money. It doesn't really matter what he says. Women are gonna jump in bed with him regardless. I found, yeah, it's weird. They sort of showed her character. Is it Christine? Something? Christine Everward or Everwood? Yeah, yeah. They show. Um, her has been completely impervious to it. She's just like you. Well, yeah, you're a you profited off war. Yeah, and, and then sort of 10 seconds later, she's in bed with him. There was like no hint of her finding him charming. And then I <laughs> yeah. think that, that threw me as well. It was mm-hmm. like, there wasn't even like a, a sort of inkling that she might find him charming underneath it all. Yeah. But, um, it so rushed. yeah, that first section, it kind of sticks to the, the origin rule book pretty closely. I thought, you know, Tony Stark, he starts not, he's not the most likable character to begin with, but you know, he has to have his fall from grace. Um, mm. And it's very much the character of, of Yinsen, uh, who he meets in the caves, uh, who starts the transition of Stark from warlord to to superhero, and it's Yinsen's death that really propels the character development. Now, the, the, the villains that kind of keep him in the caves as well, it also reminded me of Bond a little bit, and this is also something that the MCU never really does going forward as well. Now, with Bond, the villain is always like a, a representation of what, we're talking about now what we're scared of now so in the mid 90s there was lots of talk about the murdoch family running all these news corporations and things like that and then we got the bond film where the bond villain is literally a guy that runs the news there's no news like bad news (laughs) very good pierce brosnan impression very good um (laughs) it wasn't meant to be pierce brosnan it's meant to be the villain but whatever (laughs) Well, it sounded like Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan's more like... <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> it's so Pierce. The, 
I'm, oh my goodness. Uh, I haven't the, seen that film either, by the way. Uh, Colin Brain versus Bond. There we go. Um, <laughs> oh, so the, no. And the villains, yeah, they kind of reminded me of that because, you know, it was set in Afghanistan and sort of that sort of, you know, at that 2008, we had the, the, the war with Iraq maybe just ending or things like that. So it felt very much like going with the times, which is not really yeah. we're used to seeing uh, in the MCU going forward. Um, now, during Tony's escape in the cave, did anyone notice the rock star cameo? The rock star cameo? Mm. So when Stark... I noticed some rocks. <laughs> so when Stark cuts the power... Um, by activating the suit of armor that he's just made the first guy that walks into the room he looks up at the camera notices stark his face his full face is in frame he gets hit by stark and then sent flying across the room that is tom morello the guitarist from rage against the machine was it really oh wow nice, man i didn't pick it up is. on that at all mm. so before we move on to the next section as well mm. um so the villains, they the these terrorist organization, they call themselves the Ten Rings. Now, Rob, I'm sure you might be able to help me out a little bit here as well. I'm I'm assuming that's an entire misdirect mm. because one of Tony's biggest nemeses from the comics was a man called the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Now, the Mandarin was usually portrayed as like a, a genius scientist and a skilled martial artist. He had powers that derived from ten rings he used to wear on his hands. Now, but in some incantations of the Mandarin, be it in either comic books or the cartoons, the Mandarin could be seen as being fairly uh, stereotypical Asian, um, verging on the point of caricature. Um, Some versions can be seen as, I'd say, a little racist. So instead of getting the Mandarin outright, we just ended up with a little reference, I think, because the villains here are called the Ten Rings. Yeah, from the Ten Rings, as far as I'm aware, is a group in the comics as well. Right. But it's, um, like, from what I've read, the script of this film, they're like a loose, they had the story, but the script was all very loose. And I think at one point, Mandarin was in for this first film. Yeah. Um, and it was something they had planned to do, and they just sort of, it was like too much going on. Mm-hmm. So they stripped that back and made it just like say that we got this group called the Ten Rings and we might use it later on, we might not. Mm-hmm. So I think they were just covering bases. You are correct. Ten weeks before filming, the Mandarin was the villain. Um, mm. And Obadiah Stane, who we'll get into in a minute, was just a secondary villain. And that's ten weeks before filming, so there was quite a, a change at the last minute. Yeah. So continuing with the recap, now upon returning home, Stark holds a press conference and announces that the company will no longer manufacture weapons. Much to the surprise of the press, Rhodey, uh, the company's stockholders, and the company's manager, Obadiah Stane. Now, with a name like that, surely he wouldn't turn out to be the villain. Um, He (laughs) is played by the incredible uh, Jeff Bridges. And in his home workshop, Tony Stark builds a sleeker, more powerful suit before getting caught by his personal assistant, Pepper Potts. We talk about that um, press conference scene to start off with because mm. i love that scene there's one little moment in it which is hard to tell what is scripting and what isn't with from what i've heard about this this script mm. but there's just a moment where where robert downey jr looks at obadiah's day and says i never got to say goodbye to dad it's doesn't it's not needed 
But it is such a nice little character moment mm. that it, it, you know he's gone through all this stuff in the cave, and suddenly this isn't a man that's thinking about where his next shag is. He's thinking about I didn't say bye to my dad, and there's all these other things I regret, and it's just um, I thought it was a nice little moment. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, he's sort of like the first. So much, so as much as I can think of, the first superhero that's kind of um, inspired by guilt, because most mm. is driven by some sort of revenge. You know, you, Batman, Bruce Wayne from his parents in the alleyway. Um, Peter Parker has got Uncle Ben, and but this is you know Stark was essentially a, a, um, a piece of shit, really. Um, yeah. yeah, and he's driven by that guilt. So, talking of Pepper Potts, um, Colin, what did you think of um, Gwyneth Paltrow's Pepper Potts? I um, I was a little bit sort of I don't know if confused is the right word, but I felt like I couldn't really figure out where they were trying to go with her character at certain points of the film. Hmm. I felt like there were moments where she came across as being this sophisticated sort of you know um, just woman in his life that was sort of there to almost be the mother role and kind of pick up after his his crazy antics and all this sort hmm. of stuff. And then there were moments where, I mean, obviously it was it was pretty obvious that they there was sort of a romantic thing going on. But then there was also moments in the film where she came across a little bit ditzy. Like some of the dialogue was a bit kind of like like there was that one moment where she was she was messing about with the key card to try and get in. It's later on in the film, mm. and like just I, I mean I'm not um, I'm not I don't know much about technique of making films and stuff. But like the shot was just sort of her standing there like hitting this thing and going like oh, it doesn't work. And mm-hmm. then she just like looked and, and then she had this moment where she was like confused that this guy was putting a little uh, bomb, you know. Well, that oh, was what gonna, is that? Is that yeah. going to yeah. pick the lock and it was or just something? Like, and it was just like, well, but you're the assistant or whatever to Tony Stark, the guy that like builds crazy shit in his, in his like mm. mansion all the time. And <laughs> yeah. it was just a little bit like, I f- there was just moments where I felt like they, it was confusing to really know where they were trying to push her in the I think in the you movie. hit the yeah. nail on the head there because I've got mm. exactly that as well. I think yeah. she starts, she uh, comes across as really uh, intelligent. Like you said, she's the personal assistant to Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly the last 15 minutes of the film, it's like a completely yeah. different performance and a completely different written character. Yeah, so the thing with Goop is she... Hold on, what? Why are we calling her that? That's her, she's got her own brand, right, of... This is going to open your world. Oh, is it, is it vagina perfume or something? Yeah, vagina. <laughs> my, this candle yeah. smells like my vagina. That's it, yeah. And it's, um, her brand's called Goop. Yeah, so it's a... I, I don't know. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> funny word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so old sass, sassy Goop. She, um, she's got, like... I think she, they've got a really good chemistry together. But as soon as I realised, like, I found out that a lot of that dialogue was improvised. You can sort of tell where they're sort of talking over each other a lot, which is great. It feels really natural when, like, Tony's interjecting with stuff, like, and she's trying to get a word in edgeways. Mm -hmm. But you can also tell that he's a better improviser than she is because some of the stuff she comes out with in retort is, like, really dead. (laughs) Like, like he's being all witty and there'll there'll be a moment where she's like, are those bullet holes? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that's scripted or not, but just some of the stuff she does sort of feels... Mm. Um, like, I actually yeah. really loved their chemistry, though, mm. for the scenes that maybe have been scripted and maybe they've had time to audition uh, or rehearse. So I think they shared this really wonderful scene. It's when he remembers it's her birthday 
and he asks, yeah. you know, um, if he got her anything nice, and she says, "Oh yes, your the gift was lovely. It was expensive and stuff like that." And I think it says everything you needed to know about their relationship. You saying Bond scene. is kind of uh, a lot, a lot of stuff in my head because it really is the money penny and Bond. She's very relationship. money penny, yeah, yeah. Mm. That she sort of, yeah, the very smart sort of like want, wanting James or Tony Stark and. Yeah, him always being off gallivanting and mm. putting his dick anywhere he fancies. Yeah. So then, Obadiah Stain. Um, Colin, you said you didn't really remember much about the film. Could you remember the twist that he was the villain? I couldn't, but I gathered. Right, yeah. 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 It's, I mean, um, it's, it's pretty uh, obvious, isn't it? But I must admit, I think he was my favourite part of the film. Yeah, He's, he's having a ball, yeah. isn't he? I just, I just think he's a fucking incredible actor, and that, that one scene when he's stealing the um, chest thingy—I <laughs> don't know what it's called—that, yeah. that, <laughs> which we're coming up to in a bit, I guess. But that scene where where he's doing that—that that was when I was just like, "This is the guy." Like he's the guy from this movie for me, one hundred percent. Once think- he gets to be the villain, he, he's like, "There's so much ham," but like, I, I don't say it's a negative. Like he is just proper, like bringing the panto fun to yeah it. it's the whole bit yeah. when he's like tony stark built this in a cave with a bunch of scraps yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite yeah. my favorite jeff bridges bit i know we're kind of skipping to the end here but <laughs> do it my fate there's a, there's a few once he's allowed to be the villain a few lines um <laughs> <laughs> where he sort of um he's flying up in the air with tony stark and he goes icing problem <laughs> and his face is so like he almost sort of was a stone's throw from doing a tim allen like but my favorite my favorite bit is when he's he's shooting at tony and he shouts hold still you little prick (laughs) (laughs) but i think you're right though man in the whole sort of pantomime thing because there's that moment when um what's her face has just stolen the she's downloaded the stuff from the laptop um pepper Pepper, is it it's pepper right yeah yeah um and even just his reaction when he when he opens up the screen and it says like download complete and I swear he like bashes his hands he's, down he's on the proper thing. animated yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and <laughs> and I just think like I mean because and that was actually one of the things that surprised me a little bit about the movie is because what I, I find that these films one of the reasons again why I sort of just gave up with them is because they all came across very formulaic to me it was it was the case of right here's a superhero here's his backstory here's a villain that's gonna you know destroy the world and and then the superhero is gonna save the world in the mm-hmm. last and end there's probably a, a love story going on with that you know along, along yeah. the lines of it and it was kind of interesting to me because I had literally forgotten everything about this movie <laughs> and I was expecting to see some other super you know or some sort of superhuman villain to pop up at some point Mm. so it was actually really refreshing even though it's the first movie (laughs) it was it was refreshing to me to to have that and and like you said there was almost like a cut you didn't really realize he was the main villain until that point in the film beforehand Mm -hmm. you think it's more of the terrorist um organization and all that stuff and then obviously you find out that they're all involved with each other but it was a good reveal even though you know it, it wasn't the most it wasn't like the yeah he knows how to make an entrance there's a bit earlier on when he's going to meet tony um when tony's just back in the you know in the u.s and obadiah sort of pulls up to outside the building on a segway smoking a cigar oh dude but that bit was hilarious at such speed that he the looks segway. Like he's so fast. <laughs> he's so fast and just yeah i mean anyone in a suit with a giant cigar and he's got such a good look as well man he looks so fucking cool he doesn't this. even look like jeff bridges that's the thing he, 
If you ever see those things when you're a kid and it's like a drawing of a face and it's like, now turn this upside down and it's another face. He <laughs> yeah, looks like yeah. one of those in this film. If you turn him upside down, he looks like he's got like a quaffed quiff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was the man in that, man. He, he was my favourite part of it, I think. And there's a reason yeah. why Jeff Bridges is known as the man. You are, mm. that's, They call him Jeff that's the man it. Bridges. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, as we mentioned earlier on, he was only meant to be a secondary villain. Um, it, but when you know Marvel sort of realised that the Mandarin wasn't working, maybe because of the racist caricature stuff, they bumped Obadiah up to um, lead villain. Now, when cameras started rolling, both uh, Johnny Favs and uh, Robert Downey Jr. they were improvising new script pages every single day and and we kind of freaked out jeff bridges because he's very much a classically trained actor and i found a quote which uh, someone got from uh, an interview with him once said finished filming and he said i like to be prepared i like to know my lines it turned out many times 10 12 maybe even 15 times i would show up for day's work not even knowing what we were going to shoot all the guys in the studio are sitting there tapping their foot and looking at their watch and we're sitting in my trailer trying to figure out my lines. So I made a little adjustment in my head and that adjustment was, I said to myself, Jeff, just relax. You are in a $200 million student film. Let's have fun with it and relax. <laughs> and he does. He very much goes along with, with the ride and uh, yeah. he has a lot of fun. So we'll end the recap here. So, at a charity event, uh, a reporter informs Tony that his weapons were recently delivered to the Ten Rings and were used to attack Yinsen's home village of Gulmira. After putting a stop to the attack, we learn it was actually Obadiah Stane behind everything, even the kidnapping of Tony Stark, where he was actually meant to have been killed. As Colin said, Pepper discovers all of this before uh, Stane has created a massive new suit by reverse engineering the suit that Tony created in the caves at the beginning of the film. Stark and Obadiah then fight, and upon Stark's instructions, uh, Pepper Potts overloads the large arc reactor powering the building that they are fighting on, which unleashes a massive electrical surge causing Stane to fall into the exploding reactor and then killing him. So that final fight scene, um, I think its limited budget shows a little bit. I think that's kind mm. of why it's shot at night as well. So some of the, the rough around the edges is uh, maybe can't be seen. Because obviously Marvel weren't the biggest studio in the world at this point. Uh, they were still technically, like I said, an independent film studio. Uh, so they get a little bit of um, forgiveness from me. But there's some really nice beats in that final film, um, final fight though. So I love the moment when... Um, there's a guy riding a motorbike and he drives past Stane. Um, yeah. But he hits him off the motorbike with one hand, catches the bike in the other before throwing it then at Stark. So yes, there's budget constraints, but there's also some like really nice creativity, I thought, in that final fight scene. Totally getting run over by the family that he just caught was great as well. Yeah. But I think like you saying about the effects, I was quite surprised by how well it all holds up. And I know like this was a film where the suit was largely built practically i mean mm. they did enhancements in cg but it was the last job i don't know if you guys do this the last job that stan winston of like terminator aliens sort of all these big old sort of massive practical effects just yeah he's, he's a king it was mm. his last job with his crew before he died was doing the iron man um suit i didn't know it was last one before he died that's incredible but yeah. i knew it was him because yeah it's very much for, for a lot of the film it's a practical suit yeah 
Mm, even like the yeah, and you can tell that there even when it is CG, it's being based off of something real because it just it really holds up still it looks great. i absolutely loved the silver version of that before they painted it i thought that looked way mm. cooler i mean i know obviously <laughs> the, the, the cave not not the, the cave, cave one version, no, no, no. or the actual silver the one where it's like got like a kind of neon lightish blue like hue uh, like a hue underneath it and that he only he's only in it for a bit but my god i thought that looked epic man i mean obviously i know mm. you're not going to make it silver because of all the little all the comic book nerds are going to get annoyed about the color scheme and all that <laughs> shit but it's supposed to yeah, be exactly. Red, I know. I'm sorry, but I just thought it looked way cooler personally, um, and I probably I'm 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 on my own there. But oh, no, I'm pretty sure there's, there's people. That, I'm sure there's an Iron Man suit for everyone. Yeah, I feel over the years. Well, there's even a moment um, when his good friend Rhodes spots a second suit, doesn't he? The sil- a silver one. Yeah. And can you remember what his line there is once he spots the suit? It's next yeah. time, baby. Next time, baby. How did you feel about uh, Terence Howard, uh, Colin? Is that him, was it? As, yeah, as Rhodey. Okay. Um, again, like I felt like it... And I, I, I do agree with you in a way of saying that it feels like the film's held up and it doesn't. it's aged well, but I do feel like his character fell into the... Um, the, the almost into the token black guy thing a couple of times. I know there's a bit where his reaction is literally just... Damn. Is that him? I think that's him, isn't it? And that just reminded yeah, me... Of, gotta get me one of those. It, it, yeah, it reminded me of that... Um, oh, dude, you guys will know this. I, you, Rob, are you a pro wrestling fan? I can imagine you are. I don't, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark there. <laughs> yeah. Um, weirdly, I got into wrestling through my wife. You would think I'd be... I'd, we go to like wrestling shows, and, and people always like turn to me and sort of assume I'm the, the wrestling nut. <laughs> and be, All right. But no, it's, yeah, I got into it through my wife. George, you might remember, man. It was way back because I haven't watched pro wrestling in years. But there was that time where there was just that was it Farouk or something, and he's literally was just damn like he'd just come up on screen and just say, "Oh, yeah. Ron." I don't know who it was, Hang on but a like bit. that's kind of what it. Um, it was just a bit like uh, I'm gonna ask the wife, <laughs> Ev, who says "damn" in wrestling. Not Ron Swanson. <laughs> Not Ron Swanson. He's in Parks and Recreation. <laughs> damn. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I think I do remember that he comes back in the later Ron films, Simmons. right? Ron, Ron Simmons. Simmons. Okay. Ron Simmons. Damn. I think I do remember that he comes... Because I have seen... I do remember either seeing I'm... It must have been Iron Man 2. I don't think I would have skipped it and seen 3. But again, like, I remember very little about it. But I do remember there being a moment where there's a lot more Iron Man suits going on. And, like, I'm pretty sure he is one of them. Mm, yeah, maybe the line next, next time, time, baby. Well, yeah, I mean that that yeah. that's kind of what triggered it in my head um, as remembering. Mm. But yeah, he wasn't really a big part in the movie for me, though. To be honest, he didn't take that take that much of a a, a giant no, role. Yeah, I didn't necessarily buy that they were long time. No, friends. he just seemed like a colleague, and you know that's kind of the way it came across to me. He seems to put up with Tony more than um, be like friends. Yeah, mm, I get yeah. that for sure. So now that brings us to the ending. Now where Tony Stark, holding another press conference, finally gets oh, introduced cool. to yeah Agent Coulson of the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement and Logistics Division, otherwise known as, Colin? The Shield. 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 Is it The bum, Shield or Shield? Bum, bum. Shield. Bum, sorry. Bum, bum, bum. So wrestling. Oh, I've got back up to wrestling again. again. Right, You're going to lose me on that off. shit if you go in on the pro wrestling every every week. 
Now, at the press conference, uh, Tony says screw it to the cards containing his alibi for the incident at the arc reactor and announces to the world he is Iron Man. I love that ending because, you know, superhero films at the time was very much all about the the secret identity. Batman in, in Dark Knight Rises, and I will say, you are very correct about Dark Knight Rises. That film is awful. Oh, good. Um, it is bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, you know, is all about that hidden identity. Um, it, it was massive. So to end the film with Robert Downey Jr., he, and what, what I love so much is he looks down the camera as he says it, I am Iron Man credits. Perfect. Also improvised. Was Done it? some digging. Yeah, he, he that, that wasn't supposed to hmm. be the original ending and he was just doing that riffing because obviously he's up there sort of like going you know that would be ridiculous i'm not superhero material blah 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 blah. and then he said the whole i am iron man thing and kevin feige the head boss was like oh i like that i like that that's a good angle and like that's yeah that's how they like downey jr was the one that put that forward as the like he he earned that role Oh yeah, like yeah, I I, I love so him, many I great choices. It was, it was great. It it was just one of those moments where like, and because you does it pan afterwards and you see the reaction of the press conference as soon as he says it, or all, all of the journalists. I know. I think it literally just, oh, it, it, the okay. first press conference it pans and everyone mm. goes ballistic. Oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah. But they're brave enough to let us know that yeah, yeah. everyone's gone ballistic. Yeah. We don't need to see that. That's how you end the movie. He's now man. delivered even bigger news. That's how you end the movie. I am Iron Man. Yeah. End. Yeah. No, I liked it. It was a good ending. And then, obviously, having uh, Black Sabbath from the end credits is... Of course. Automatically going to make that moment the biggest mic drop ever. <laughs> Had to be done. At least it wasn't more ACDC. We can just be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> they had to put the Black Sabbath song in there somewhere. So then, uh, final thoughts of the film. Rob, did you love it? Did you like it? I think, oddly, at the time, when I first watched it, I liked it. But over time, I've grown to love it more. I do not think it's perfect. I think there's there's a, there's a lot of things that I think are sort of a bit lazy. So having Obadiah be just in a bigger Iron Man suit just sort of felt... And I didn't really know what Obadiah's plan was once he got in that suit. Was he going to... He had no one left to sell it to. He was just... I don't know. Mm. He just sort of threw a load of families around and i was like i don't know where you're going with this mate <laughs> but there's a yeah there's a lot of things that i sort of thought weren't perfect but when it worked it really worked moments like proof that tony stark has a heart i love it um yeah, yeah like these little like the characters were so good and the performances were so good for the most part that mm-hmm. yeah it's um yeah, I, I've grown to love it over time. It sort of meant more to me the more I watch it. Mm. To me, um, it's sort of been improved. I mean, I absolutely loved it when I first saw it, and I absolutely love it now. Um, but it's it's all somehow been improved by the following 22, 23 films that's preceded it. Because, obviously, they never knew what they were building to in doing this. Mm. They had Iron Man, like I said, by chance. The rights just reverted back to the studio. So the plan was, let's just let's just get to Iron Man 2. That was the plan. The dream was to maybe an Avengers movie. And it's the fact that throughout these next 22, 23 films, 
they've even managed to look back and take little bits from Iron Man 1 to make it it helped expand the other movies as well. So coming, you know, that's why it'd be interesting to see Colin's perspective of someone that's seen it for the first time. And yeah. very much, like I said, um, a film that's creating the template for the MCU. So I'm looking at it with sort of that perspective. Same. Cause I think me and you have spoke whilst rewatching it, that there'll be, obviously there's probably a lot of people listening to this going, why aren't you talking about this? Why? Aren't you? Yeah. Because we don't want to talk about all the other films that are coming up because that's for Colin to discover as we watch them. But there are moments in this where we're sort of going, Oh, that line, all oh, that, that means something more now that means this, or that means that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be interesting sort of coming back to those moments and sort of, um, seeing if opinions change as you go on, like, like as with us, I guess. It's a very, I completely agree. I, I cried during this, but not Colin's shaking his head because I cry at everything. But there was a moment in this film that just reminded me of something that happens later on in the MCU. Obviously, I'm not going to say that Mm. completely. Um, Mm. Rob, I'll try and um, I'll say the word cheeseburgers. Yep. Ruined me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, Colin, final thoughts on the film. Um, yeah, I, I think if I was to choose, again, because it's the first one and I, I have no reference of if it's going to be the best film out of the whole series or, or the worst, but I would say, you know, I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, for me, it the pacing kind of dipped a bit around the sort of, I think it was probably between 45 minutes to an hour mark. And mm. it and again, it's funny, actually. I, Bond didn't come into my head, but as soon as you mentioned it, earlier and it's been kind of a bit mm. of a, a topic that's come up a lot I, I one of the things that i don't like about the, the older bond movies is how much it relies on technology and it's just all about look at my fancy gadgets and all that kind of crap mm. and i felt like i don't know if again with this the year it came out although you said it was quite low budget so it's very impressive the cgi and stuff that they did use but to me it felt like there were just scenes of the movie where it was just more like look how fancy this looks of like you know when he's doing a lot of the um using uh like virtual screens that are coming up out of nowhere and putting his arm through like a virtual thing and then holding it up and Mm -hmm. there was just moments of that where i was just a bit like yeah we get it man like you've got cool shit in there um and it, it there again man like my attention span is awful these days. Like, mm. so it's hard for me to sit for a movie without wanting to, you know, get up and go for a run or something. Like, it's just I, just, I just don't do it that much anymore. So I don't know if there was an element of that to it as well. But there was definitely a couple of moments throughout it where I was sort of, my hand was reaching for like my phone or something, which obviously I had to stop myself. But I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <fine. laughs> <laughs> um, but. But yeah, it, it, there was a bit too much of that for me, um, and there were a few mm. moments where where it where it kind of dipped, and and there were some lulls in. And again, like me going into it as being, you know, not not um, very educated in the superhero world, I w- I was expecting more action. I've got to be honest. But mm. but again, it is quite light on yeah, action. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was expecting. Yeah, there's that revenge mission in there with the tank and the badass. Yeah, but like you say, it's quite simple. Yeah, sort of and also I felt like. Um, I'm just not really that into the... A lot of the humour in it wasn't my type of humour. It felt a bit slapstick to me. 
Like in that first mm. fight scene when he's in like the giant, like, you know, the clunky Iron Man suit, even the fight scene was kind of slapstick, like when he gets his arm stuck in the rock and then, you know, and, and it's the, the little one-liners in between it and stuff. Like, that's just not my thing. I mean, I get it. It's in, most, it's in a lot of movies. It's even in most action movies, you know, like the final line is yeah. the, the main character saying like, it's my turn now, bitch, and then like shoots him in the face or whatever. Like, it's just not really my thing. It just feels a bit on the nose. But um, but yeah, it was a cool film, man. I mean, I'm not I'm not hating on it at all. And and you know, I actually am quite excited to to crack on. Like, um, I I I definitely would like to re. Well, I, I don't know when the next Iron Man even comes up in the series. Like, I don't know. Very very soon. It is, is it cool? Because I would like mm-hmm. to watch that when it's you know this one's still quite fresh in my mind. Because saying all that stuff about how much I liked it, I probably wouldn't watch it again. But that's not anything on the film. I don't remember the last time I watched a film. Just you. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I watched the film twice, even if I loved it. Mm. <clears throat> I've got a little segment that we haven't discussed, but because I thought George was going to get okay. to this, Uh-oh. and he hasn't. And seeing as it's in every single film, I'm going to start here. Excelsior! Stan Lee, the <laughs> like one of the big, big figureheads of Marvel comics back in the day. <laughs> Sorry, I made myself laugh. That's so depressing. Um, he has a cameo in each of these films. Colin, do you know who Stan yeah, Lee yeah, is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I do know that much. So his um, cameo in this film was as a stand-in for Hugh Hefner, Robert Downey Jr. Oh. Tony Stark walks past and goes, Hey, yeah. F. And he turns around looking very shocked. I just thought that was so, Hugh yeah. Hefner, to be honest. They're both old, grey men. I'm <laughs> <laughs> dead. Uh, yeah, both dead, yeah. Um, one other thing, though, I will say is... Um, there was one moment that made me shake my head and it was it reminded me of that part in the I think it was the last Indiana Jones movie when he survives the nuclear blast by being in a fridge which is just utterly mm-hmm. ridiculous to me. One question I wanted to ask you guys is because that um chest thing that he has that doesn't give him any superhuman yeah. strength or anything. That's just there to keep the the bits from not going in his heart, right? Yeah, the the, the gubbins when, from his heart, dude, yeah. when he when he flies out of the sky in that clunky ass suit, do you remember that bit when like, uh-huh. and he goes up and he just pelts it into the desert? <laughs> no one's surviving that shit, man. That is up there with, with yeah. It should open up. And there a, should a, just like be Tony Stark soup in there. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was ridiculous. A little yeah. puddle of a goatee. <laughs> but again, it's a movie, so we we get past that shit. Yeah, you know? no, it, um, he doesn't have any superhero powers, no, whatsoever. His his superhero uh, power, much like Batman, is that he's rich. Yeah, um, it just that that was a and clever. We got to give him that. Yeah, and clever. He 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 can think his way out of certain situations using gadgetry or science. Um, but Rob. Um, Sorry, Colin, I actually completely agree on a point you made as well. Um, There was one point when even I was like, oh, no, come on, less of that, less of that, please, of of the suit being made by the robots with the camera spinning around with the guitar riff in the background. I wrote down on my phone, gadget porn. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Like, it just kind of very much felt like that to me. Mm. Uh, Yeah, for sure. So, um, So for anyone that doesn't know, there's an app which me and Rob use quite a lot. It's called Letterboxd. Now, on Letterboxd, you can... This is not a sponsor, by the way. If you want to sponsor us, you can. Um, Yes, please. So what you can do is you can log certain films that you watch, and what it will do, it will recognise it the day you've watched it on, and it will create almost like a film diary for you. And then you can provide certain ratings out of five, and over time, you'll have like a quite an extensive library in there. 
What you can also do there is create lists. So you can rank the films of John Favreau, for example. Um, you can do whatever you want. So what we're going to do is we're going to create our own ranking of the MCU. But there will be Colin's list, my list, and Rob's list. So obviously, at the top is Iron Man, because it's the only film kind of we've seen for this podcast so far. But every week we will be constantly updating that as well. But we're also going to do our star ratings. So out of five, Rob, what are you giving Iron Man? Three. Okay, Colin. Three. It's a 3.5 for me. (laughs) that dickhead and yeah you know like you know when you do those competitions it's like all closest to the number george is the one that like i would say like 52 and george would go 53 (laughs) and he'd end up winning it i can't give it a three um there's some films coming up that i think are a three um but uh, i can't give it a four even oh i have to sit i'm gonna sit on the fence yeah i've got a splinter in my ass whatever but also um i mean we've got to be real man we've got to keep this shit real we're we're like we're we're um, rating this over all films in general. So I mean, I honestly, and I'll say this now, and I probably will eat these words hard, <laughs> but I do not see there being a five star film in this entire franchise for me. Yeah, yeah, you'll be eating those words. That's it, man. I'm I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. That's, that that's makes me I very f- happy. That's how I feel right now. Because <laughs> to me, like a, a five star film is a masterpiece, and I don't I don't think masterpiece is going to be a word that comes out of my mouth for any of these films okay keep that clip clip (laughs) (laughs) yeah save that one you know too much for your own good now that's what i call using the old head so one last little segment before we start wrapping up we decided we'd do a little competition that's going to last the entire duration of the podcast so what it is is Myself and Rob both have to bring a piece of trivia to Colin. And Colin is going to be the judge here. And whoever's trivia is the best, the more interesting, that person will receive a point. So hopefully by the end of these 23 films, even though we're going to go into all the TV shows, such as WandaVision, and we're not saying the other titles because we don't want to uh, spoil Colin. Um we will just keep this going and we'll just i'm sure at one point we'll have to end it and see who the winner is so who's going first go on rob you go mate but we will say if we have the same piece of trivia we both have a second trivia don't we yeah and i only judge on the second one the first one is out so the second one gets the judgment even if the first one's great go on rob let's let's hear it man robert downey jr has publicly thanked Burger King for helping him get clean from his drug addiction in 2003. His car was full of drugs and he had a burger so disgusting that he dumped the drugs in the ocean and got sober. And that was the inspiration for Tony Stark requiring burgers after his moment of epiphany. Interesting. Okay. Oh, that is... He's given no, me nothing. I mean, you know, it's, it's good. So hold on, hold on, hold on. So he had a load of drugs in his car and a burger. Is that it? And he threw yeah. away the drugs and then ate the burger. Is that what the... No, he ate the burger. He said the burger was so disgusting oh. 
that okay. it made him have an epiphany wow. of what he was okay. doing with his life. Okay. <laughs> I guess in like that sort of hassle half eat the kebab yeah. moment. That you're like, what am yeah. I doing? No, I get you. Well, I, yeah, I mean, any of that kind of fast food would make me think that anyway. But yeah, go for it, George. Give me something good, buddy. I'm a little scared. Go on. Okay. So, um, in Tony's first press conference, um, the, the you know the one where you said everyone goes absolutely nuts after it. Yeah. When he gets everyone to sit down, there's one guy in the front row with a little mic, and he says, what was it like out there? Yeah. And hands the mic to Tony. Now, this guy was a relatively new actor. he just moved to Los Angeles and dreams of becoming an actor. This was his only film, mm. and this was his only line ever uttered on film. But he's very, very, he's a very, very happy man today, shall we say, because that man is the father of... Pop superstar Billy Eilish. Oh, okay. I read. I read this earlier. You little okay. shit. <laughs> Damn, that's good, man, and that's current. I mean, yeah, mm. that's. Uh... Burgers are current. Um, <laughs> burgers are current. Burgers are current. <laughs> um, dude, I mean, I hate to do it. Honestly, I hate to do this, Rob. I really do. I do. I do because. I've known George yeah. a long time, and he will be the first one to say that any any excuse Ooh, to fuck it, hometown any, any, any excuse to fuck him over, I definitely will. And I'm telling you that it's now. True. Uh, but it's got to go to George, man. It's got to. Yeah, I'm sorry, man, but it has I to. Agree. But anyway, I mean, yes. when this comes out, um, if you guys, anyone agrees or disagrees, start commenting on Twitter and all that stuff, and you know, mm. see see if has you Colin agree. made the right. Have decision? I made the right decision? And also, like. Team George or Team Rob. Yeah, yes. yeah, and also, like, more than happy for people to, to jump in and give give their opinions on what we've been discussing and all that sort of stuff on Twitter and Instagram mm. and all that, you know. As a little bonus, Rob, shall we say our second trivia? No. Even though we're not going to get points for it. No points, no points. But how annoying is this going to be if Rob's second one is better <laughs> if than Colin's his first? Like, that would have won it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I can tell you now. Is it a Billy Eilish one? <laughs> <laughs> because I put... All my chips oh, did. on that oh, no. burger. <laughs> <laughs> I have no. I could pluck out around a bit of trivia, but it would have it would have been pre-planned. Can there be a time if I'm just not happy with your first ones and I say I need better? I want to hear number two oh, before oh, I make my decision. Yeah. Is that doable? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yes. we'll do that. So what was your uh, second my one, second dude? one for anyone that cares is. The film was actually funded an extra $10 million by the US government and the Pentagon. That's why at times it can all feel a little bit Team America. Um, So by funding the film, they also allowed the filmmakers the use of all of their planes, actual Mm. soldiers as extras, and the use of Edwards Air Force Base in California. That's pretty good as as well. as good as Billy Eilish's dad, but... I I think Rob would have beaten you if that was your number one, though. I'll I'll give him that. Um, Okay. When you said the press conference, I was like... Hang on a minute. He's not realised. We've got the same trivia. <laughs> but one one other thing that really bugs me in um, in like big movies is product placement. So I I, mm. I have this horrible, annoying knack for just picking up on it and just being annoyed by it. Um, mm. But it actually, weren't that bad in this one. Burger King and Audi were the two main ones that I really. F- Did you? I spotted VTech. Okay. I don't even know what VTech is. <laughs> Which- what I only know VTech for the weird like 
children's oh, laptops. Oh, right, yeah, no, I do know like, that. Sort of like yeah, learning yeah. things, and it was weirdly Tony's phone. Yeah, I, rec- I definitely um, recognise his phone as being VTech, and that confused me, yeah. That phone looked awful as well, didn't <laughs> it? But I bet in, tw- in 2008, everyone was like, holy shit, look at this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're sat there with supercomputers in our pocket all the time and not giving a fuck. <laughs> yeah. So that's episode one, Done in Iron the bag. Man. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Like we said, this is going to be an ongoing thing. We're just going to keep going. Once we've done the films, we'll jump into some of the TV shows. And obviously, we've got loads of new films. We've got the next three years already planned out. Marvel have got constant uh, content coming out. So, Rob, say bye. So bye. Colin, say goodbye. Bye bye, everyone. Join us next week as we watch from 2008, The Incredible Hulk. Okay. I'm excited, man. Let's do it. Next time we meet, let it be in peace and friendship. This is as far as you're going to get tonight. Such valuable stuff. All in a nice work. Sweet dreams, little friends. not done yet that's right we have a post credit scene in which shield director nick fury played here by samuel l jackson visits tony stark at home telling him that iron man is not the only superhero in the world and he wants to you've become part of a bigger universe colin brain (laughs) you just don't know it yet and he wants to discuss something called the avengers initiative Mm. Mm. now rob correct me if i'm wrong but in the comic books, not really. Obviously, in, a, in about ten years before Iron Man was made, Nick Fury was a character in the comic books, and they designed him after Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, so Nick Fury had been in the comics for years, and originally, he almost looked like we mentioned Hasselhoff already, who played Nick Fury in an old film. Did. He had, like, brown hair. He was a white dude with an eye patch, and he had, like, grey hair at the sides. And then there was the Ultimate series of comics. So there was, like, Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, where they sort of tried to reinvent stuff, change things around, make things a bit fresher. And they based their redesign on Samuel L. Jackson. And this was before Iron Man was mm. made. So they got to sort of fulfil that, that bit I of... I love that. Do you guys remember? Do you remember um, seeing that post-credit scene for the first time and how it made you feel? Or did you know about it already before you'd seen it? Or how, or how did you even know? How, how many people would have missed that back in the day? Because this is obviously the first time it would have happened, right? Well, yes. So about that. So obviously, post-credits weren't really even a thing no. then. Everyone does post-credit scene now, but it was unheard of. So, yeah. so what they did when they filmed the scene, they did it with a skeleton crew. So, usually, oh. behind that camera, you've got 40, yeah, 50 yeah, people. Yeah. They had about 10 to 15 people record this scene. When they then screened the film at a cast and crew screening, they didn't put it on there. It was just credits, and then then the lights went up. When they screened it to critics, they did not put it on there. The credits hit, the lights went up. So, it was only when it kind of went out to the real world... Because post-credits weren't even a thing, by the time the credits start, everyone started walking out. Mm. Then it became a bit of a rumour, and people going, 
did you see Samuel L. Jackson at the end of Iron Man? Oh, Everyone's okay. like, what? And it suddenly drove everyone back to the cinema because there was a post credit scene where Samuel L. Jackson is there as Nick Fury in Tony Stark's house talking about the Avengers. It blew people's minds. Weirdly, there were some post-credits before that. I think X-Men 3 had one. Um, what else had one? There was... Um, I think X-Men had two. Could be wrong. Well, I know Pic- Pixar, no, didn't add one. they really got into putting lots of scenes in the credits as well, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but now it's um, yeah very much a... Th- Did you know what the original script was on that? On that post-credit? No. Now, is this your extra bit oh, of see, trivia? This would have because been a good for trivia. for the audience at yeah. home, whilst we were playing the credit music just then, Rob just said, why didn't I just say that? <laughs> this would have killed it. <laughs> God's sake. Well, maybe not for Colin, actually. Colin might not... He might not have given a shit. But... Because <laughs> this is quite geeky. So, originally... So, you can watch this online as well. Samuel, old Samuel walked out of the um, the dark and said, as if Gamera... I won't do an impression. <laughs> I've got that. <laughs> Sod it. Info penny. Um, as if Gamera accidents, radioactive bug bites and assorted mutants weren't enough, I have to deal with a spoiled brat that doesn't play well with others and wants to keep all his toys to himself. The Nick Fury mentions the Avengers... And Tony says, what are we avenging? And he says, whatever we want. Ooh. Oh, thank Christ, they didn't do that. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. But it's interesting that they're talking about, they're hinting at the Hulk. X-Men and Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, things they didn't own huh. at this That's point. That's wishful thinking. Yeah, obviously, they realised they were never going to own so them. So he can just say... Or get the permission to do it. So they changed... He stood in darkness for that line anyway so they just changed yeah. it oh, so it okay. makes sense saying the avengers initiative because the avengers themselves have gone through so many different iterations i guess the mm. plan was then if we get to an avengers film we'll just see who we can ha- who, who we've got and put them in there who we can get yeah mm. very good i should have used that, that was cool, cool. Uh, samuel jackson as soon as i saw him pop up all i think of is snakes on a plane when i see that guy <laughs> i can't take him seriously man is he in these a lot this this is a tangent but that man Everyone talks about the moment in uh, Snakes on a Plane when he's like, get yeah. these motherfucking snakes off this motherfucking plane. But there's this great bit where the guy from High Fidelity <laughs> is talking on the phone to him and he goes, we've got to be quick, time is tissue. And he looks down the phone with such confusion as if it's not in the script. He goes, time is tissue! <laughs> <laughs> My favourite bit of the whole does, thing. Does, um, does he play a big part in these then? He's in quite a few of them. He's what I'd call maybe the connective tissue. Between these films. <laughs> you know what tissue, tissue is, don't you? <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again, everyone. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us. Stay safe, stay well, and stay nerdy. See ya. Take it easy. <laughs>